Good morning. Welcome to Flat Springs Baptist Church. It's so good to see everyone here this morning. Uh, if you are visiting with us, we want to say a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, we do have visitors cards in the pew. If you just want to take one, you'll fill it out and you'll drop it in the offering plate when it comes by. Um, we'd be grateful for you to do that for us. Uh, just a few announcements to share this morning. Thank you to everyone who helped with our Fall Family Festival yesterday. We had so many great volunteers, and I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. Uh, we had so many people visiting from the neighborhood, and um, so excited to see so many new faces. And that was, that was truly a blessing to be able to see that, because that is one of our goals when we do an outreach event like that, is to be able to have people from the community to come and participate with us. Um, and so we were grateful to have them visiting with us. Please don't forget that next Sunday is homecoming. Uh, this means that we will need covered dishes for our luncheon, which is going to be an immediately following worship service. And then also, please don't forget that you will need to set your clocks back or else you'll be here a little early and you might be by yourself for a little bit. So if you want to come and spend some time by yourself, that's fine. But if not, you might want to set your clock back just a little bit. Uh, but please just, if you would, bring a covered dish so that we can all share in a wonderful lunch together. Parents, if your child is wanting to go to our TVR Winter Retreat, which is coming up in January, deposits are due next Sunday. Uh, $60 is due for that deposit, and I will need them by next Sunday if your child would like to participate in that event. Grief Share will meet in the Joy Aura Bridges Sunday School class this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Um, that is a change from the fellowship hall, so please just note that if you are participating in Grief Share. Um, one announcement that was passed along to me this morning um, is about our Operation Christmas Child shoebox gifts. Uh, believe it or not, it is time to start uh, preparing for Christmas and to be preparing for our Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes. Um, they are out in the atrium and then also in the fellowship hall. Stephanie has put out a beautiful display for us. Um, these boxes are empty, and so we're hoping that you'll help us pack a box or two. Um, the shoebox gifts will be shipped to kids in countries all around the world. Uh, so we just ask that you not pack candy, gum, food, or any liquids, uh, toothpaste, or images of war such as toy soldiers or wep toy weapons. Um, but you get to choose the gender and the age range. There's labels that go on the shoeboxes, um, and you get to, to do that. So you'll pick what age range you want to do the shoebox for. Um, and then we will place the gifts on the altar. Uh, to ask God to bless these gifts as we um, send them off to children who will receive them. Our target date for that will be Sunday, November 17th. Uh, so please drop your boxes off uh, packed no later than the morning of November 17th if you wish for RWMU to deliver yours to the collection center. Um, if you're not a shopper, which some of you aren't, and that is fine, uh, we'd still ask that you help us in participating by um, contributing to the shipping cost. It costs $9 to ship each box. Um, so you can simply label an offering envelope uh, with the word shoebox postage on there and we can make sure that gets to the right place. Um, and then also 
a local missions option if you're looking for that is Angel Tree Ministry, uh, which will be announced in the coming weeks. So these are two specific ways that you can get involved in being the hands and feet of Jesus, and we hope that uh, you will participate with us. If you do have any questions about the shoebox, um, please feel free to see Stephanie Bridges. I'm sure she would be glad to answer any questions that you may have. Uh, and then a special announcement that I'll share with you guys this morning as well. Uh, the Dorcas Mission Ministry of FSBC was formed in October of 2009 with eight members. The, these members were Gail Bridges, Kay Gray, Lunette McCullough, Ruby Medlin, Diane Quiggle, Jean Tillotson, Linda Wilson, and Carol Smith as the facilitator. This month is the 10th birthday of the Dorcas group. The group is named for Dorcas, found in the Bible in Acts chapter 9, verses 36 through 42. Dorcas, also called Tabitha, was a significant woman in the Bible because of her charitable nature, the fact that she was a disciple of Christ, and also because through Peter's faith she was raised from the dead. She may be used as an example of the truly charitable woman in daily living and for pursuing a lifestyle consistent with strong Christian values. She is especially noted for the making of clothing as a charitable gesture and for helping the poor. When Dorcas was raised from the dead, she became a living testimony of the presence of God. The verses in the Bible end with, This became known all over Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Dorcas was one of the only women in the Bible who was specifically called a disciple of Christ and who was viewed as actively spreading the word of Christ in her quiet way, through her charitable deeds. If you would like to see the work that our Dorcas ministry does, there's an exhibit in the atrium showing and telling all about what they do. Um, on one of the poster boards, it does note that 11,921 items have been made from our Dorcas ministry. That is, wow, that is huge, yes. Um, most of the items Dorcas makes are made with materials donated from member, members and friends of our church. All donations are welcome. If you have something to donate, please contact Lunette McCullough, the church office, or any group member. Most important, if you know of a need that Dorcas can help to meet, please contact Lunette, the church, or a group member. Happy 10th birthday, Dorcas. And I would ask that you are, if you are a part of the Dorcas ministry, if you would please stand at this time so that we can recognize you if you are able to do so. Thank you, ladies. This is a wonderful ministry, and we are just so thankful for the many ways that, that you all serve our church and the community as well. Um, I do have prayer requests to share with you this morning. Uh, Anthony Harrington is a patient at Central Carolina Hospital, and so we want to be praying for him. And Mark's mom, Shirley Lamb, is in the hospital at CCH with pneumonia. And then Hobart Wicker is now at rehab at Rex. Um, but we want to just be lifting all of these people up in our prayers. Would you go to God in prayer with me now? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and humbled to be in your worship center this morning, God. God, I pray that you would just quiet our minds and our hearts and help us to focus only on worshiping you. We invite you into this space this morning, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
if I may add a personal touch to the Dorcas report just now. Um, they gifted me when I had my accident with a red pillow in the shape of a heart. And for the first two or two and a half months, I had to sleep in my lazy boy. I couldn't get in and out of bed lifting my leg. And so um, that pillow was just right by turning it upside down, putting it right at my neck, and then my, my head didn't roll over and get a stiff neck from that. So uh, I was very appreciative of that gift. Let's stand and sing, My Faith Looks Up to Thee, 416. Dear, most gracious Heavenly Father, we give thanks for all your many blessings, dear Lord. We ask that you please guide, lead, and direct us this week. May we be doers of thy word and not just hear them, dear Lord. Please accept and bless these tithes and these offerings to be used for thy will and service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I think most of us can sing it without looking at the book. If you can sing, I've got peace like a river, look up and sing. Well, good morning. How are you guys? Good. All right. Okay. Well, I brought a picture with me this morning. And in this picture, there's a lady. Here, I'm going to hold it up some so you guys can see better. If I can hold on to things. Okay. In this picture, there's a lady, and she's trying to give a dog a bath. And she's having a little bit of a hard time. There's more than one dog there, and there's some kids there. They're running around, and there's suds everywhere, isn't there? Now, in this picture, do you see? What do you see? A nice piece of banana. A banana? Yes. And a flashlight. Water. Water. A bunny. Yeah, a light bulb, a, a carrot. Why? Yeah, that's a light bulb. I found it. Okay. Anything else? You found a flat You found what? A flat wire. A flashlight. Yeah. Okay. You guys sit down so that everybody can see. Okay. Anything else you guys see in this picture? In a shoe. A shoe. Okay. So this picture right here is not what it seems right at first, is it? Because when you look in the picture, there's hidden things in here, like a flashlight that you found and on the bucket bulb. and a light bulb. Yeah, because why would you have a light bulb while you're washing a dog? That makes no sense, right? Because it's silly. Yeah. There's a banana in here. Probably shouldn't really be a banana, right? But yeah, you see the banana. Okay, so this picture even though it looks like right now it's just a lady giving a dog a bath and a little boy helping her, it has some other things in there that are hidden that are kind of hard to see. And you have to look at the picture for a little bit and maybe turn it this way or turn it that way. And you see different things in there, right? 
Well, Pastor Gary is going to be talking this morning about um, seeking and finding God and looking for God. And so I want to ask you guys, do you see God when you're going about your day? No. No, you don't see him with your eyes, right? But did you know that we can look for God when we're going through our day at school? What do you think, how could, how could we look for God when we're at school? In our heart. In our heart. That's right. We can look for God in our heart. And sometimes things happen during our day that make us feel good, right? We could have something that happened that's a good thing. It's a positive thing, right? And that encourages us. Then sometimes we might have something happen that makes us sad or it makes us mad or upsets us. And that's hard for us sometimes. Or frustrated, yeah. So sometimes that happens. But the thing is, as Christian people, we can't, we can't see God with our eyes, right? When we're walking down the street, we can't see God. When we're sitting in our classroom at school or at home, we can't really see God. But sometimes we can feel God. Or we can have moments in our day that points us to think about God when something good happens, right? So, what? Yeah. So I want to share this Bible verse with you. It says this in Matthew eleven twenty five. It says, At that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. So this is what I want you guys to do this week. When you guys are going about your day and you're at school or you're at preschool or daycare or wherever you go during the day, I want you to spend some time looking for things that makes you think about God and that points you back to God. Because as Christian people, if we're not looking for it, sometimes we miss it. And so we have to look for things that point us to God. Okay? Can we do that this week, boys and girls? Yeah? Okay. Let's say a prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these children, God. I thank you for the joy that they bring to our lives. And God, I thank you for their spirits that are, are so humbling to us, God. God, I just pray that you be with them this week and that you help them to find you each and every single day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning. I would appreciate it if y'all would sing along with me. That way I won't be doing a solo. <laughs>
I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 18. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They answered, Some, you are, some say you are John the baptizer, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, he answered them. He asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Simon, son of Jonah, you are blessed. No human revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven revealed it to you. You are Peter, and I can guarantee that on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. Good morning. Pray with me. God, I am grateful that you build a church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm grateful, God, that when I was 12 years old, you touched me. And you made me whole. And the shackles of the heavy burden of sin was lifted from my life. And you recorded my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Lord. What a blessing. 
And Lord, you desire to do that for everyone who call upon your name, believing in their heart and confessing. And our prayer is that today, even in this worship time, your spirit will fall fresh on us and we'll hear your voice and we'll respond to what you say. I'm grateful, Lord, for a call that started so long ago when you chose a group of disciples. We call them apostles. But they walked with you and they listened and they learned and you chiseled away as they gave you opportunity until you made them the ones who would begin the message and begin that church. And Lord, remind us that we're part of that chain. We're connected all the way back to the cross. And Lord, the scriptures tell us that only one, John, the beloved, stood beside you on the cross. The rest of the disciples, they ran away. Lord, forgive me when I run away. And I don't stand beside you. Give me a courage to stand even in 2019, even in the United States of America, even in our community, and tell the world that I belong to you. Help me to never be ashamed of the gospel. Help me to never put everything in this world in front of what is the most important thing in this world. that I may walk with you and talk with you and you may chisel into me when I give you opportunity the things you need to do. Make me more like you and less like me. In Jesus' name we pray. Guide and comfort you. 
Thank you, choir. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Celise. We have been blessed today with the music. If you have your Bibles, open with me to John's Gospel, the first chapter. The title of the message this morning is Family Lessons, and I want to ask us a question, a question that sometimes bothers me, maybe, I don't know. I'm going to begin, before I ask you the question, by giving you a theological truth. You neither deserve, I neither deserve, nor can we earn salvation. Okay? You got that? Everybody connected with me? You can't earn it, and you don't deserve it. I can't earn it. I, can't, I don't deserve it. It's a free gift. But here's the question. Are we living our life worthy of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? I feel quite certain that probably many of us would pass out or become sick to our stomach had we witnessed the crucifixion. Had we heard the screams and the agony as nails were driven through flesh into a board. Imagine a splinter in your finger and then imagine nails through your hands or wrists, through your feet. Today I want us to look at the very beginning of what Jesus knew when he did what he did in our text today where he was headed. And that passage that we read, that I'm going to build a church that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But I want us to know that the gates of hell are assailing against the church. Amen. They are attacking us. They are attacking our families. Oh, this whole, this whole area was full of little ones just a few minutes ago. And the devil wants them. And the devil's going to try to get them. And the devil's after them from preschool on. And we know that. And there's a call in our text today to live a certain way. I'm going to read John chapter 1. Verses 35 through 42. If you're able, let me invite you to stand as a way of honoring the reading of this portion of God's holy word. And the next day, John, the baptizer, who's just baptized Jesus in the verses above, was with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. These were John's disciples that suddenly left John to become followers of Jesus. I'm going to do a quick teach right here. The idea was not to find out theologically where Jesus was going. It was to find out physically 
where he was going. They were curious where he was headed. Jesus turned and he saw them following. And he said to them, our first question, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, the second point in our message today, come, you will see. So they came, and they saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Ooh, <laughs> that gives me chills. He found his brother, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon, the son of John, and you'll be called Cephas, which means Peter. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. Pray with me. God, help us to seek and to see and to share what we find and what we see. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Family lessons. What can we learn from this text? You ever learn anything from your family? I, I heard a story of a family that was driving home after church and they noticed their little boy who was about seven or eight years old in the back seat and he was just crying uncontrollably. And mom kept saying, what's wrong, honey? What's wrong? And finally, when he got his composure enough, he sobbed and he said, the pastor said he wanted us to be brought up in a Christian home like the Bible says. But I want to stay with you guys. <laughs> From the mouth of babes. And, and I'm not going to let pastors off. I remember a young minister with very small children was preaching to his congregation. And his theme was 10 ways to raise good and godly children. When they were about 10 and 11... He revisited that thing, and he came up with ten suggestions for raising godly children. And then when they got to be 15 and 16, he revisited that sermon again, and he entitled it Feeble Hints from a Fellow Struggler, okay? It's challenging sometimes, isn't it? I'm going to suggest something. That most often, and, in, and I believe in God's plan, the most important lessons are the lessons our children will learn in their home. And those lessons will veto every lesson we teach in church. Those lessons have more power I want you to hear what I'm fixing to say and don't throw rocks. Those life lessons have more power than God's word in our children. 
Now, I know I'm in a theological thin ice right here, but I'm telling you the truth from 40 years of pastoring. They are watching, they are listening, they are learning. And they're listening to parents and to grandparents and to uncles and to aunts. They're watching. I heard a story. A great aunt was coming to visit. First time she'd been there, she knocked on the door. And when she opened the door, the son answered the door. And she heard a disturbance going on in the back room. Didn't know what it was. Mumbled, but it didn't sound happy. And there the little boy opened the door. And she said, hi, I'm your great aunt on your daddy's side. He says, well, ma'am, you're on the wrong side. I can just tell you, okay? <laughs> you see, they learn early. They learn about sides, and they learn about attitudes, and they learn about what's important. And, and I could almost say that maybe what's said about the sermon or what's not said about the sermon on the way home may be more important than the sermon. In this passage of Scripture... I want us to begin with these two disciples, and I want to look at what happens in their life. And they become a family lesson for us. There's a great story. The first point is seeking. A 16-year-old named William left his home in 1790-something to seek his fortune. His earthly possessions, all he owned, were in a small bundle that he could carry in one hand. One day, he met an elderly boat captain who listened to his story that his family was too poor for him to even stay there. They didn't have enough food, and that's why he left. And the only skill he had was he had learned how to make candle and soap. The old captain knelt and prayed for the boy's future, and afterwards, he said this to him. And this is told by William. He said, someday, someone will be the leading soap maker in the, the new world. It could be you. Be a good man. Give your heart to Christ. Pay the Lord all that belongs to him. Make an honest soap. Give a full pound. And I'm certain you'll be a prosperous and rich man. The 16-year-old William who listened to that godly counsel was William Colgate. He not only prospered beyond his wildest dreams, but in his career and his lifetime was able to give literally millions to the Lord's causes. It says in our text that the followers of John were listening to John. They were listening to what God was saying through John. John was seen as a prophet. John was seen as the one who had a message. He was preaching a very difficult message, a very unpopular message, and yet because it was so unpopular, it became popular. That doesn't make sense, does it? But you think about it. It was a challenge. Sometimes when we hear what God is saying to us through the eyes of our spirit, some of the things we don't want to hear are the very things we're glad when we hear them. Because then we can make those changes. They were listening to John intently. And when John said, the teacher said, there's the one I've been telling you about. 
There's the one that will make a difference. There's the one that has what you need. They listened. Are we listening to God? Are we putting ourselves in a position to seek God? When they understood who Jesus was, they sought him. They looked for him. They started following, almost like stalkers at first. And finally they got closer and closer to the point that Jesus finally just turned and he said, what are you guys doing? And they said, Master, where are you staying? I wonder, are we seeking Christ? Have you been trying to follow Christ this week? Are you wondering where Christ is going? what God's up to in Deep River in your home. We've been so inundated with the world that we're no longer interested in passionately following Christ, are we? In your bulletin, there, there's a, on the insert, would you take that out right quick on that, that insert and turn it over to the side that's got a little survey. Nothing magical about this. I, I came up with it. There's no right answer, wrong answer. Just a little inventory, short little inventory that each of us, if we were to be honest with these questions, we might discover how much we're seeking God, how much we're trying to follow God, hear God's voice. When it comes to daily Bible study, is that something you do rarely? Occasionally, sometimes, often, always, every day, all the time. When it comes to having daily meaningful prayer, that you pray for God to transform you, to change you. You don't ask God to change everything else. You ask God to change you to, to meet everything else. Rarely, occasionally, sometimes, often. When it comes to sharing your faith with people who are not saved, church, if not us, who? <laughs> if not us, who? They said that in the 50s, it took like 12 members of a church for every one person that was saved. So if you had, if you had a church of a, 120, let's say it was 10, I'm going to do the math that I can do good, and you baptize 10 people, 12 people for 10 people to be baptized in the church. You know what those numbers are now? They're in the 40s. So for a church to baptize 10 now, that church needs to be over 400. We're not telling people, you and I. We're not sharing. It, Gary, it's not popular anymore. People, people get, oh, they don't like that. They don't like that. <laughs> that makes people uncomfortable. Folks will think you're weird. I wish I could stand here and give us a different word. I wish I could say the Lord was right and in 2000 that expired. <laughs> and that no longer has any power anymore. Forget it. Just go ahead and take your Bible and scratch all those places out. Where it says share, go and make disciples. You're my witnesses. Just scratch it all out. Doesn't matter anymore. 
If you're lucky enough to be born in a family and you're lucky enough to get in church and you grow up in the church and you stay in the church, you're going to heaven. The rest of the world's going to hell. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I wish I could tell us that. Because sometimes that's how we're living as church. Are we sharing our faith? People need the Lord. We sing that, right? People need the Lord. We sing those powerful hymns that remind us of our faith. Rarely, occasionally do you share, sometimes do you share, often do you share, always do you share. When it comes to serving God by serving others, when it comes to honestly worshiping God daily and on Sundays, when it comes to sacrificing, I said sacrificing. Romans 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable worship, your reasonable service. Sacrificing always to rarely. When it comes to doing the best for our church, you know, I, I'm so grateful that uh, Flat Springs had it going on yesterday. I'm just saying. We were here. And you know what? We, we, most, almost all the kids that I saw, when I asked them, how did you find out about us? How did you find out? A little pamphlet we gave to the school. A little pamphlet we gave to the school. If they'll come for candy and face painting, and games. How much more if we communicate correctly would they come to hear you can be saved and live forever and have your sins forgiven and know that it's all it is well with your soul. Flat Springs is the greatest church you and I make it to be. Are we seeking? When it comes to our stewardship with our time, stewardship with our money, stewardship with our talent, rarely, occasionally, sometimes, often, always, when it comes to loving the Lord with all my heart and mind and strength. So look at that. And when you get through, this is just for you. There's not going to be a test. I'm not taking them up. I don't want you to sign it and give it to me. But if you want to do that, I'll take it, okay? But what kind of Christian are you? Are you a rarely Christian? An occasional Christian? A sometimes Christian? An often Christian? Or an always Christian? Well, just something to think about for a moment. Seeking. When we're seeking, we usually find... I, I remember as, as a parent growing up, and we'd have something lost, and we were all supposed to be looking for it. You know what, you know what I mean? We're all supposed to be looking for it. And then I look over, and I see somebody. I won't name anybody. Now, I know about when I had children, by the way. I better give a little disclaimer to save myself so I can go home. And I'm the only one looking. You know what I'm saying? I'm the only, everybody else had gotten it. I thought we were looking for the keys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, I hadn't seen them. You're not looking. That's why you hadn't seen them. You're not looking. Because did you hear what Jesus said? 
come and you'll see. Come and you'll see. Now, now they thought they were saying, what's your address? What house in this village are you going to be staying in? But that's not what Jesus answered them. Maybe you came today to come to church, but I want you to come today to come to Jesus because there's a difference in those two things. And when you come to Jesus, when you come to Jesus, oh my, my. Seeing, Jesus invited him to come and see. Oh, I love what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 29. Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I bet there's somebody here today that's just, life's pounding on you. <laughs> life's pounding on you. Oh, you look good to me. But when you get out and go home, there's an emptiness. There's a darkness. You've come to church, but you haven't come to Jesus yet. There's some things in your life that you know are outside the will of Almighty God. But the culture says it's okay, so you say, well, it's okay. The culture vetoes the Bible, amen? Boy, I'm glad nobody said amen right then. But that's how we think. It's how we live too often. It's how our world lives. Jesus says, come and see. Come to me. Come and I'll show you some things. And immediately in that short afternoon that, that Andrew was with Jesus. He'd been with John maybe for years. I don't know how long. But, but when he came one afternoon with Jesus, he went to his brother and he said, I have found the Messiah. I have found the Lord. I have found the one we've been looking for. I have found the one that's going to make a difference. I have found the one that can change our circumstances. I have found the one. Why? Because he saw who Jesus was. And when we see who Jesus is, it makes such a difference. How do we find out and see Jesus he invites us to listen to him in scripture. He invites us to meet him in worship. Listen, if you don't meet Christ today, you haven't worshipped. Let me say that again. If you don't meet Christ today, you haven't worshipped. If you didn't meet him in the song, if you didn't meet him when you were singing about that joy and that peace and that love like a river, if you didn't meet him when you heard Celise sing, he touched me and made me whole. If you didn't hear him, if you didn't meet him, you haven't worshipped. He invites us to focus upon him in prayer. He invites us to join him in service. He invites us to grow in community through our church. He wants us to be the best church because he knows the better we are as a church, the stronger a difference we can make in this community. Amen. I wonder today. It brings me to the last point, sharing. Andrew found his brother, a family lesson. He immediately found his earthly brother. And he told him of the spiritual leader. It makes a difference in family. What's the greatest gift you can give your family? Education, memories, fun, wealth, sports, entertainment, health. They all have their place. 
But I would suggest, based on God's word and the leading of the Holy Spirit, that the most important thing we can give our family is a life-loving Jesus Christ in all that we are and all that we do. Is to make Jesus our personal leader, to become an always type of follower of Christ. An always. Share Christ in word and deed. Be an example and an encourager of the faith. I remember that point my daddy often used, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one would walk with me than merely point the way. I wonder. Make sure you're going to your family and sharing your faith in every way consistently. You know, that might be a big word, consistently. The gift of consistency. Aren't we glad that Andrew and Simon Peter became two of the earliest links in the chain that goes all the way to the cross? And I would say it goes all the way to the empty tomb. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I love, I love one little girl. They were showing a movie. She knew the Bible story. And as they were showing a, a depiction of the cross, they said tears were falling down her face as she thought of the agony of Christ. And then all of a sudden, the scene in the, in, the, in the movie transformed over and she saw the tomb and she says, here comes the good part. <laughs> I like that. Here comes the good part. We've got the good part. That's the gospel. The tomb is still empty. That's the good part. Death has been defeated. Sin has been overcome because the tomb's still empty. That's the good part. That's what the world needs. That's what Deep River needs. That's what our homes need. That needs to become the focus of our lives. And God will change so much in our home, in our church, and in our community. I'm just trusting him and believing him he'll do that because he's done it so many times before. The first link in that chain was Peter and Andrew and the other disciples. If you keep reading in the passage, you'll see Philip goes and gets Nathaniel, and they're just sharing. When they find him, they want to share. I don't want to be the weak link, do you? Because I'm hooked to that chain. I'm hooked to that chain. All the way back to the cross and the empty tomb. I'm hooked to that chain. By my faith, I'm hooked to that chain. I'm a link in that chain. I'm a lifeline to that chain. Don't be a weak link. Gary, don't be a weak link. What's our family lesson? Are we seeking somewhere between rarely and always? Are we seeing with the eyes of faith what God is up to? Are we sharing his love? How we do it? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, in just a moment, we're going to open the altar up. It's so easy to come here and say, that was a good sermon. That was good music. It was good to see everybody. But Lord, it's something different to say, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And his countenance filled the room. Oh Lord, in our hearts today, could you come 
Could you pour out your spirit in us and on us and around us that it might be contagious, that this whole room might be filled with your spirit, that your whole, this whole room might be convicted of our sins, this whole room might rededicate ourselves afresh and anew to your cause, O oh God. You know the need of every heart. You know every decision that would start a transforming power of seeking and seeing and sharing. Help us to make that decision. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of decision and our hymn of invitation is 467. There will be showers of blessing this morning. If God is speaking to your heart and you need to make a decision, and you know what? You know what? You know what? Every one of us here needs to make a decision. Every one of us here needs to make a decision about how we leave this place to go into his world and to be his people. Whatever God's calling us to do, would we be faithful as we stand together?
be seated for just a moment. Mike and Laura, come and join me. How long y'all been coming? A year, about a year. I'm excited, okay? I'm just saying, I'm just excited. Uh, Laura and Mike have been coming and uh, bringing Lila and Bo and just been very, very faithful in this church. And we've had some conversations. They started in our new members class and went, went through that. And they come today professing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and want to become a part of Flat Springs Baptist Church after their baptism. Do I hear a motion that we receive them into our family? Motions and seconds. If you would join me in welcoming them, would you indicate that by saying praise the Lord? We're going to try to be the church to help you be the husband and wife and the mom and dad and the state employee credit union employees that you guys need to be. We are grateful that, you have, that God has brought you to us, and we are just excited about this day. You probably made the rest of my year, but I don't know, at least, at least for a while. But what a wonderful thing it is, for, especially for adults in this day and time, to have the courage to stand on their faith, not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And I'm excited about that reality. So we're going to try to be the church you need, and we'll need you to help us be that church. So we're very excited. We're continuing to pray for Mike's dad, who's at Parkview, and they've called him hospice. So we want to be remembering him in a very special way uh, as he takes this journey of faith, and we are so excited. You may stand with me again. I'm going to ask y'all if y'all would. You got little ones or everybody's secure because I need them at the door with me. Can you go get whoever needs to be gotten? Okay. If you'll stand with me, folks are going to come by and welcome you. Uh, and when they welcome you, they're committing to pray for you and to love you and to be what a church needs to be for you. And again, we're excited about that. And now as we leave this place, may we do so in God's peace and in his power and in his abiding presence that we might be his people in the midst of all his people. Would you pray with me? God, we are rejoicing the angels in glory for two have come into the kingdom in a new and a special way, and we are so excited about that. And Lord, we just pray for them and for their family and ask your blessing. Go with us, because now we go out into the mission field and there is much to be done and so, Lord, help us to think seriously about being an always kind of Christian in all that we are and all that we do. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.